I'm Stephen Crafty, and I'm here for Talking Design, a bi-weekly program talking about the most exciting design things that are happening in Melbourne. I'm here with Melanie Katsalidis, a jewellery designer and director of Pieces of Eight Gallery in Melbourne. And Melanie's been a originally trained in arts at uh, University of Melbourne, and then went on to do a gold and silversmithing course at RMIT. Maybe talk a little bit, Melanie, about why contemporary jewellery and why you chose to pursue contemporary jewellery. Mm, sure. I, when I was studying my arts degree at Melbourne Uni, I really was enjoying it, but I was missing physically making and producing something. And um, that's at that time, I just... I don't know how it really began, but I did begin an interest in making wearable works. and Just so, for yourself? Just for myself. And then it actually became a commercial thing where I was making and selling my work as well while I was studying my arts degree. So it became a source of income. And um, How did you sell it? Through shops? Yeah, through shops and markets, which is, I think, how a lot of people start. And, of course, to friends. <laughs> mm. And it was quite experimental, playful work with uh, all kinds of different materials, a lot of plastics and uh, old film and um, rubber, I guess quite different to where my work is now uh, but it was because I was completely self-taught and so when I finished my arts degree I had to make a decision whether I'd continue doing honours or where I would go. When I started I thought I'd probably, I was really interested in film and art so I was thinking I might go into being curator or film in some way, director perhaps, but instead um, I decided to switch to RMIT and begin studying gold and silversmithing which was a great three years, and I learned a lot. It's really quite a challenging course, but incredible. I studied under Robert Baines and um, some of the best jewellers in this country. What do, what do you think, without sounding like a promo for RMIT yeah. jewellery, why has it got such a strong reputation? Well, I think when you look at the the graduates actually have gone on to do great things. Every gallery, contemporary jewellery gallery in Melbourne is run by a former RMIT graduate, a lot of the graduates exhibit internationally and are with some of the best galleries around the world. Uh, and I guess there's not too many other places to study, but RMIT just seems to be consistently quite strong with the, the quality of the work and the graduate students. Yeah. When you opened Pieces of Eight Gallery a few years ago, you were in Fitzroy. That was more a studio-based Operation Is that right? Or was it a gallery? It was a gallery. It was both. I had been practicing in my own practice for two years with one of our uh, represented jewelers, Nina Ellis. And we moved uh, to this new space, which had a shop front. So I decided to try my hand at running a gallery while I also ran a shared studio space. So we had and we still do run that space, so that's still existing in North Fitzroy. We have six jewellers in the workshop, and then to the front of the building, we had the gallery. So um, while we moved to the city in December of last year to an amazing new space, we've uh, tried different things in the old space. We run workshops with our exhibiting artists. We also have an exhibition that's opening in August, on the 16th of August to the 27th of August, mm -hmm. of um, a group of uh, Irish jewellers 
who are travelling their exhibition around the world. But in October, we'll be launching a new business from that space, which uh, was always going to be an online gallery that I wanted to create to try to capture a different end of the market. So it's really about the affordable collectible and its works made in set editions by uh, a little bit, it's a bit of a broader focus on pieces of eight, which is really about contemporary jewellery and small art mm. objects. This space is about that, but branches out into books, works on paper, and um, showing just really quite exciting and more experimental mm. works that are generally quite affordable. So a lot of the price points uh, do sit around 50 to 350 Mm-hmm. And they're yeah, some really amazing with, new works. With the gallery, who I mean, when you started the gallery, mm. who were the type of jewellers you were interested in collecting, or exhibiting, or showing? Yeah. What What did they have to say to you? Okay. Well, Which I is guess a difficult it, question. Yeah, yeah. I think the people that I admired were probably people who were mostly represented by Mari Fanaki in her gallery. The late Mari Fanaki, yeah. yeah. Which, um, she was such a trailblazer and I can't Amazing. ever yeah, recognise enough what she did for the contemporary jewellery community in this country and in Melbourne. And, um, yeah, so I always really admired Mari and she was really encouraging to me personally and really helped me forge forward. And she encouraged me to take on international artists as well as Australian artists because some of the other galleries, e.g. Tile and Ingot, their focus was really on Australian and New Zealand makers. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are from Europe. I've always, to me, that made a lot of sense. I've kind of always thought of myself as being part of a broader international community, so um, it was important for me and with Myra's encouragement to show some international artists as well. Who are you showing, for example? Um, we're showing people... She encouraged me to show people from different countries as to where she represents people from. So we don't really have the Germans and the Dutch. We have um, a New York-based sculptor. We have uh, Philip Lowe, who we show exclusively in Australia, who makes some really incredible, vivid, bright-coloured acrylic sculptures. Um, And we show work by Antonella Giamarelli from London, we have Jimena Rios from Argentina. We have um, a couple of Germans. It's sort of Are these established constant... jewellers? Um, I guess with the gallery, when I started, um, to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> I would have loved... I guess there are people you admire, but then you need to start somewhere. I was in my mid-20s. The people I started to show were really my peers. And so a lot of the jewellers initially were more emerging. Uh, however... It's shifted in the last five years to include some established jewellers. For example, Mark Edgoose. Um, the next exhibition we have will in- be a solo show by Robert Baines. Who's also the d- director of yeah, the Contemporary Jewellers, Golden Silversmithing at RMIT. That's right. He's now the head of postgraduate studies there. Um, what is it in- what's interesting about Robert's work? Oh, I think he has a really interesting... Um, angle where his work is really research-based and looking back at particularly Etruscan jewellery-making methods, and um, he then creates incredibly contemporary work that's made in precious metals but powder-coated, bright colours, but his research is really important in that he actually um, has set about trying to rediscover lost techniques of the Etruscans, and he is quite 
highly internationally recognised and he does present papers to the Met and to the British Museum, I believe. And, um, yeah, he's he's really quite influential and important. And um, most of the artists that we do represent that are Melbourne-based have nearly all studied under Robert. Who else is, for example? Who else has been yeah, influential? Who, or who else are you showing? Who else are we showing? Melbourne-based. Um, Melbourne-based? Oh, I, s- I suppose the, about 70% of the artists are Melbourne-based, so we show all the artists who are part of the Pieces of Eight workshop in North Fitzroy. Who are they? So that's Krista McRae, uh, Nina Ellis, Susie Zutik, and um, we're currently in a transition stage. So I'm the, one of the other artists, and we're looking for someone new <laughs> for the space. Mm. Um, we have... Uh, we have Nina Oikawa, who recently completed her doctorate in gold and silver smithing at RMIT, and she was a real, um, I suppose, prodigy, you could say, of Robert Baines, and um, her work does is just incredibly exuberant and feminine and wild with lots of flowers and oversized gems and pearls. And um, Melanie, what yeah. makes what defines what what's the difference between someone like Nina's work, which mm. is highly flamboyant, and say mm. costume jewellery for people who don't get the difference? I guess um, there's a lot more rigour in the way that she makes totally different uh, process and outcome. Costume jewellery tends to be made in base metals and plated in a precious metal or made for a bigger mass consumer market, whereas Nina's work, it's uh, incredibly time-consuming and she works to make only original pieces. One-offs. One-offs, exactly. Yeah. She's represented by some high-level galleries around the world and um, her output is very small. Uh, She really enjoys making work for exhibitions, so a lot of, while she does make some smaller, more wearable, everyday pieces, most of her work is what we call um, cocktail rings, Mm. so huge oversized rings that might be 15 centimetres tall, which uh, are made to sit with a stand, so when they're sitting together, they become a sculptural object. And Melanie, without sounding too commercial, who Mm. buys... Who, who buys Nina's work? Oh, Who's Nina's a typ- work? Who, who yeah. would be a typical person who walks in and you go, ah, oh, she's a Nina customer? Yeah. We've had um, two kinds of customers for Nina. We've had um, really fabulous older women, I suppose in their 50s and 60s, who um, re- are looking for something really... Uh, a talking piece, I would say, something to wear to a party. They're really confident women who want something that's a standout piece and for their collection they are collectors and then we have uh, younger women in their 20s who just absolutely fall in love with the little details in her work and um, sometimes it's the very first piece of contemporary jewellery they collect so quite different customers. Do you tend to find with people who love contemporary jewellery they tend to follow a certain artist right through their career or do they tend to have sample as many different artists as they can? Usually they're quite discerning and they will have one or a small group of favourite artists that they do always look to. They'll come in and ask what's new. They'll come to their exhibitions. They'll look to collect and support that artist throughout their career. Lucy Mm. Falk is also an interesting Mm. um, artist. A lot of her work is based on food. That's right. So Uh, Lucy's part of our workshop. I'm not sure if I forgot to mention her before, but she's been part of the Pieces of Eight workshop since the beginning. And uh, her work is always based around food. So she likes to make wearable food. 
Um, there's a lot of humour in her work. So, for instance, colour. I'm looking at a piece at the mm. moment that looks like um, sliced apples. That's right. Including so, the pips. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's made in carved timber with oxidised sterling pips. Um, so she's very playful in the way she approaches her work, but also she plays with different materials. So some of the timber works and the electro-formed works, they're more the exhibition side. There's uh, She's made crocheted hot dogs with... Uh, little glass beaded um, mustard that's hand sewn into the crocheted hot dog she's made Um, all kinds of sort of delicious looking crazy Mm. pieces Uh, but then she also does a production range so Lucy does move more into the fashion world where Mm. she collaborates with her cousin Arabella Ramsey who's a Melbourne fashion designer and she does an annual collection for her they often do pieces for her runway shows and then Lucy does release two collections annually Um, Yeah, which is still based around food, but usually cast in silver or gold. Melanie, you were telling me um, an interesting exhibition that you've been working on that's going on at the moment called Mm. Downsizing. That's right. Where you've invited interior designers to be part of Mm. the process or to exhibit work. Tell me how, how that evolved. Well, I found that there was really, a few years ago, I started to notice from some friends of mine who were studying interior design that they were moving into jewellery. And um, I thought this was such an interesting thing. And um, at the same time, Vivian Statmans, who was the editor of the Melbourne Design Guide, published her guide. This is about in 2009. And she included a chapter in the guide about this movement in Melbourne. It seemed a very Melbourne-based movement of uh, women who'd studied interior design. Yeah, that's right. In fact, we haven't really found any men who've created, who've been part of this shift. Who are some of these designers? So we have uh, some of our represented artists, like Tessa Blasey, Jujitsu Kesik, and Susie Zutik, all started at Interior Design and RMIT. Um, And then there are some newer artists that um, ended up... They all work full-time now as jewellers, and that's Belinda as person, Kim Victoria Wern, and Karen Hamilton. Uh, and, of course, sorry, there's Katrina Tyler, who's one of our represented artists as well. So I think contemporary jewellery, a lot of the artists do seem to start somewhere else first. It's not something that people typically study straight out of high school. seems to be a, you sort of need to go through course. a journey. Yeah, there's something else that happens first. So usually they have a really sophisticated sense of design and a very strong ambition to make it work. So with these, the downsizing show, mm. what did the interior designers bring to jewellery that you think others perhaps didn't bring or wouldn't bring? Well, I think it's... Um, it's interesting because to see their work, you wouldn't realise they have this shared common background. It's not really visible necessarily in the work because their practices are all so very, very different. But I think um, all of them are actually incredible at illustrating their work, which some jewellers <laughs> are not so good at. So the way they can communicate in terms of drawing is very strong. Um, and I think that they just have a really sophisticated sense of the relationship of space and the body and how these pieces work on the body. Mm. Mm. This is a catalogue for the new project which will launch it in North Fitzroy at the old gallery. It's called Edition X. So we're talking to, we've been developing the work for about a year with um, just under 50 artists. So there'll be some amazing 
pieces from people that you know, emerging young people, established practitioners. Um, people like Nick Baston has made a really wonderful, whimsical collection of brooches that are made in resin and they're quite insect-based but very um, abstract. And then, Melanie, you mm -hmm. also are interested in small objects. Mm, so that's right. I think that's part of my um, background at RMIT because the course was making jewellery but also vessels and so we have always shown in the gallery vessels of different kinds and sculptural objects so um, for example we have the work of Katie Jacobs who does both sculptural works and practical functional vessels um, we have Bridget Bodenham who works primarily in porcelain and makes really exquisite vessels for us so getting back to uh, a previous question Melanie mm. When someone approaches you for the first time, they've just, you know, it's cold turkey, they roll up at your door, they're a jeweller, what is it that you look for in their work? That what, what makes something amazing and something just something to wear? To wear, sure. Is it the ideas? Is it the technique? What is it that really you gravitate towards? I guess um, there's a few things. When I'm looking at contemporary jewellery every day, so it really needs to be something fresh and something that excites me personally and something that I love. Um, the work in the gallery, it's mostly, I guess, directed by my own um, aesthetics and my own passion. I also am really conscious of bringing new ideas to the space, so we never... Um, look to repeat what we're already um, showing so the work needs to be new and different and bring something new and fresh to the space so um, yeah I guess ideas but the execution is of course very important the quality of the work as well okay. oh that's a catalogue for the Irish jewellers oh isn't it beautiful mm. yeah it's gorgeous threads um, paper. 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 Mm. So there's 11 jewellers in the show and um, they've Beautiful. been touring it, uh, partially funded by the Irish government. And um, I'm looking at this multicoloured bracelet just made in paper mm. in the most luscious colours from burgundies through to acidic greens and yellows and oranges. It's quite yep. sensual. It's just mm. beautiful. Mm. And that's by Angela O'Kelly. That's and right. she'll be exhibiting. She'll be That's exhibiting right. her work. Yeah. So bef um, this will be in North Fitzroy in the in the old gallery space before we transform it for the new um, business, which will be Edition X. So um, this is just running for two weeks, and we have one of the jewellers, Claire McAllister, who curated the exhibition. She's coming. She'll be manning the show for the entire time. So it's a great opportunity to come in and and talk with Claire and see all this work, which has never before been seen in Australia. That's beautiful. Mm. I was just, um, it continually surprised me how many contemporary jewellers there are in Melbourne. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it extraordinary. If I had a weekly column, <laughs> I couldn't fill the number of jewellers. Mm. Um, why is it that we have so many amazing contemporary jewellers, and not just in Melbourne, but, I mean, in terms of the world ranking, we're mm. probably fifth or sixth in the world after, say, Germany, Netherlands, in terms of producing the finest contemporary mm. jewellers in the world. Why mm. is it, do you think? I think two factors. The the schools have a huge, huge impact on that. Mm. So RMIT, Monash, um, TAFE, you can study at different levels um, 
and learn great skills in this city and in this country. There are, of course, other schools in other states. And then opportunity to sell your work. So we do have um, a really strong gallery scene and... Um, and also, I guess there's a lot of design markets and craft markets and just opportunities for people to promote themselves. These days, it's easier to do it entirely by yourself as well, to have a website, mm. to have a blog, to be part of another online business. I'm looking at uh, Selena Coyle's brooch. Mm. I can't take my eyes off it. Yeah. Blocks of almost charcoal timber. That's right. It's... um. It's Irish oak and sterling silver. It's a really sculptural piece. You could almost envision it being an entire wall of a panel. Building. Yeah, of a building. It could be very quite architectural, really. Um, there's a series of cubes that have all been... The face of the cubes are cut on different angles, and they're all placed inside a sterling silver uh, brooch. Um yeah, it's very architectural. Beautiful. I think, yeah, these Irish jewelers working with felt and paper and timber and really diverse materials and diverse aesthetics. It's an interesting area, contemporary jewellery, because those who get it really get it mm. and are <laughs> passionate about it, but those who don't get it really are quite... Um, you can see their reaction when they look at price tags for a piece of cardboard yeah. or a cardboard brooch. And it's something that takes a lot of time to educate people it about does, yeah. because th they value um, contemporary jewellery in terms of, you know, money mm. and resale. Mm. And, they, you know, contemporary jewellery or jewellery, not contemporary, but jewellery has always been seen in terms of a diamond ring as an investment and a cardboard bracelet is not an investment. But you don't buy contemporary jewellery for an investment necessarily, even though it might go up or it might not. Mm. You buy it because you love it. And I guess the same can be said sometimes of visual art and, and people having that, that attitude. It, I guess ever since, um, Picasso became so famous where they'd, they'd look at one of his paintings and say, Oh, my five year old could have painted that. So I think it comes down to, um, educating the public. And so we're always, we're very generous with people in our time and just, I think we need to be to just talk to our, the people who walk through the gallery door and show them what is being created and try to um, just create a culture for collecting, which I think is something that, again, Mara Fanaki um, really started. Definitely, she made it a lot easier for me. For example, when I opened my business in oh, she 2005, forged the way. Yeah. she forged the way in Melbourne. That's right. Yeah. So we definitely do have this core group of people who. Um, are interested in design and art and do proudly want to wear these works and talk about them, which mm. is great, yeah. Look, thanks so much for coming in, Melanie. It's been fabulous, and I really Thank appreciate you. you your time. But I think you're making a significant contribution to Melbourne's contemporary jewellery scene, and uh, I think, you know, that's invaluable. So thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Stephen. My Thank pleasure. You.